secure your necessary muffin repository by visiting us at utilitymuffinlabs.com, on Facebook at Utility Muffin Labs, on Twitter at 25 Years of VTM or Utility Muffins, all one word, on Instagram at Utility Muffin Labs, one word. Support the labs on Patreon at patreon.com slash 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, and finally, adorn your human form with our t-shirts at tpublic.com slash users slash Utility Muffin Labs. Utility Muffin Labs, think homogenous. This is 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective podcast brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to another episode of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. I am Nathan. And I am Bob. And today we are doing our review of the Guide to the Anarchs, which uh, I believe came out in 2002. I believe you are accurate. This isn't the first Anarch book that White Wolf released. There was an Anarch cookbook that came out many, many years ago. It's a book we did a review of way back when. I would say this is a much thicker book. This is a, a much bigger book than than that one. And this kind of, uh, this comes out, I believe, to kind of coincide with the Guide to the Sabbat, Guide to the Camarilla, right? This one, yeah. I mean, that's what it's, it's all the sex, right? They get right. their own big, thorough, detailed book. Right, absolutely. And uh, so um, this is essentially the who's who and what's what and how do you do of playing an Anarch for the revised edition version of this game, right? And everything from like their history off the bat uh, right. to very much the unlife on the road that they have an appendix made for. Right, right. And so um, some some things about this book. Um, I mean, it's a beautiful book. It's a well put together device. And I think that for a lot of people, um, there there seems to be a small community among Vampire the Masquerade players that are all gung-ho about playing Anarchs, right? There, there is. And... I just want to state off the bat. I know why um, you don't have to really know anything to, to want to be an anarch, right? <laughs> right. That's, right. that's the thing highlighted. It's just, you were embraced. Damn the man, uh, respect the masquerade and you can do whatever you want. Right. Right. And I, you know, I have to admit it had been a very long time since I had read through this book because honestly, like in our home games, we don't really play too many anarch games. And this, for some of the people that are listening, they're going to be like, wait a minute, aren't you running like a game online that takes place in Los Angeles? Yeah, we are. Um, it's not that we don't know the information that is pertinent for the anarch games. We just don't really run a lot of anarch specific games to have to read through this book. And I got to defend it. It's not that I wouldn't or you wouldn't run an anarch game. In fact, you have. Right. Uh, the fact is, is that whenever I'm like, I don't know if you've experienced this too, Nate, when I'm like, oh, let's do an Anarch game. Everybody's like, I prefer Camarilla. Right. Let's just play you know? Cam. Let's just do that. Or you'll hear the the extreme. Well, if I'm going to play an Anarch, I might as well just play a Sabbat. Right. Right. And it's like, hmm, well, that, that's like an uneducated opinion, right? It's like maybe, or, or maybe it's someone's preference point right. is since the Anarchs are the precursor to the Sabbat, why don't I just play the seemingly cooler version? And it's like, well, that's it's an opinion, and I, and I could get that, right? But the Anarchs do have a rich history that birth both sects. Well, absolutely. I feel like if if I if me the guy Nate had to sit down and be like, all right, if I were embraced and I were going to belong to a sect, 
I would probably belong to the Anarchs, right? Like, that's just me. I don't want to uh, just obey your authority. And I think that in an emotional sense, most people will probably identify best with them because we're raised in kind of like a modern society where we feel like rights are something we're entitled to. We aren't a bunch of crazy religious nightmares looking to, you know, cause harm and maraud wherever we go. We're not the type of people that are going to sit down and be beholden to some old dude simply because he's an old dude, right? That's not us. That's not people, I think, by and large these days. And so I think emotionally, most of us are going to identify with that, which I think is probably why they've kind of shifted focus to Camarilla and Anarch in V5. However, um, there is some, some very simple truths answered in this book. And I'm going to just throw one out there for you, Bob, because I think that it's the one that's on both of our minds. We come to understand very firmly, it's not implied, it is overtly stated, the Anarchs are Camarilla. They are a subsect of the Camarilla. They're not their own individual entity that's warring against the Camarilla and warring against the Sabbat. In the revised edition version of the Anarchs, they are... They're fighting to change the establishment. They don't participate in the establishment, but they're still under the aegis of that sect. So let me put a bookend here, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because here's here bookmark, not bookend. Excuse me. Uh, let's let's address the point that that everybody is overlooked. Even when we were reviewing these books, when we touched on Anarchs and they're the precursor to the Sabbat. Well, how did the Sabbat get formed? How did the Camarilla get formed? And we all know it's during the burning times, right? That's that's when everybody, the children, lost their shit due to certain abuses, right? Right. And that's to understand it. And it started over in Spain with the Bruja, right? Right. Um, I believe a dude's name was Don Sarah was thrown around. He was a bastard. And he pissed off his children, and they got vocal. And they did what Bruja do. And they took him down. Which, mm -hmm. before that, never before done. Now, I'm paraphrasing. Read for your accurate detail. Because I'm certain we'll get into a bit of that here in a, here in a few minutes. Right. But the point I'm making is, everybody before this, what did they do? They saw anarchs, they saw no rules, they saw not having to get acknowledged, they saw not having to obey an archbishop, and that's and that's all they caught from it. Yet the book glaringly points out, at least to me, that if you read between the lines of what they're talking about, the reason why the Camarilla stopped going after anarchs is because they agreed to the treaty. Right. That's what that's what it's about. The Sabbat were formed by going against it and declaring war. And it's the only one we've been warring with. Oh, no, that's absolutely 100% an accurate representation. And, uh, you know, it's something that I think a lot of people, they don't get that, like, and, and we've we've been saying this for years in LARPs oh, and in and, and a variety of other, ever. right, like, it's not, it's not that you exist outside of the Camarilla and that you're fighting, you know, people always... When, when they play Anarchs, I feel like they have an incomplete understanding of what, what they're calling upon when they call upon a treaty. And I think that's okay. I don't think that's wrong because what do you know? You're an Anarch. You don't participate in the system and you probably haven't been around long enough to know the history, but it's like that sign that Anarchs hold up. Ah, oh, you can't fuck with me because of this treaty. No, th this treaty permits you to come back into the fold. Right. Those that didn't follow the those that didn't agree to the terms, those that didn't surrender, they went and sacked a town and started the Sabbat. Right. Those those are those are the, the, the ones that didn't agree. Those are the ones that didn't sign. And it, and it makes sense. Right. Because those that didn't sign 
well, they they have their own religious fervor and propaganda and purpose, right. and that's and that's the point. Because when we started even in our game online, and we would ask players, "What is the point of you?" Right. Like, what are you doing? You would hear this distinction they would make. Well, we're anarchs. We don't have to go to the meetings. Well, we're anarchs. We're not Camberwell. That's their fucking problem. And it's like, mm, well, you understand. Now nah, you wouldn't. Right. And then you understood their concept and they don't want to talk to anybody to find out and get informed and then wonder why they're getting picked off by the scourge. You right. know what I mean? Right. And that's, and that's the thing. And that's a common thing though. I mean, you're okay. You're not wrong in that role play. It's just, you represent the vastly uh, ignorant, the uninformed. Right. Uh, when it comes to anarchy, you need to talk to those experienced ones to figure out the bigger picture. And when you, when you do that, we need to talk about a couple things, right? Because when the treaty was formed, we'll, we'll go through, read the history in your own. Right. Um, is my is my argument? It's in depth and it's enriched, and in a lot of ways, we went over it. It's just we did a high overview, and the Anarchs version, ironically, in this book, is detailed. Right, and it not only free. not only is it detailed, and sorry to to jump in there, no, but not fine. only not only is it detailed, but it's also told from the perspective of Anarchs. It's written from the perspective. It's written as their own sort of guide to being an Anarch. So it's different in that sense because the Camarilla and the Sabat guide, they are pretty straightforward. Like here's how to play. You know, it's White Wolf gave you a book that guides you to playing this. And it was written by people that write books, right? Whereas this is written from the perspective of a lot of the similar to a lot of the clan books, like where it's written from the perspective of characters. So even in so far, like it has all the details, right? It has all the information that you need to know, but it's also told as a story. It's told as the story of people who have traveled, who have been, who have interacted with some of these elders who kind of know maybe they weren't there, but by word of mouth, they know. And reading through here, one thing that I find is that there there are some important key like historical details missing, as you would expect them to be. But it is profoundly accurate as to what actually happened. Because they're dictating. Here's what I found. If you have a group that is not politically sound and they're not united right they don't have a, a vision they're trying to force upon anyone right so odds are when a group of them get together it just like just like all the writers in this book when they get together they're going to tell their version of what right. goes on and you're bound to get sifted from that a decent story right. one that you could kind of chew on and that's what you get here and there's some highlights to this too right we've been led to believe from the camera like to point out differences i think that's right with you do yeah, the, the yeah, historical ones absolutely the camera the camera and sabat kind of kind of lie and hype up what happened right right during these times right the camera makes you think that the the ingrate children rose up for no reason right right the anarchs point out no in spain we were being killed for not wearing the right clothing there was there were elders who would, who would embrace a beautiful woman because he would like to bed her right even though to a vampire, betting is just feed on her and kind of cuddle real violently. You know what <laughs> violent I mean? Violent cuddles. Who knows what the hell that's about, right? I mean, obviously, add your own sensual mentality here. It's not right. even mine, but I'm just saying that's commonplace. Right. But to the mortals, they started seeing this and knew they couldn't do anything about it. Because we're talking Dark Ages style, right? When you couldn't tell anybody. So these towns were subjugated to an elder's personality. So if you were to visit a fiefdom, you're getting one vampire's perspective of how the world is going to be forever. And the children were all kind of defeated. You know, they're just like, we're here. I represent Don Cero's humor, you know, right, <laughs> whatever right, it is. Just, right. You're not allowed to be you. So what would happen? Eventually, someone's going to say, fuck this guy. You know, someone who somehow either threw off the shackles or this bruja. I keep using the name Don Cero. Don't hold me to it. 
just want everybody to know. Right, we're just throwing still, throwing a name throwing in there. A name. So, uh, so this guy, some, excuse me, someone had to say, um, I've been abused enough. The bloodbound finally wore off, and this guy forgot to keep it going or whatever, or was just too abusive. Right. And he started rallying everyone else, and that's when the revolt happened there. And when all those brujas started doing that and had that freedom, word gets around through the elders, though. That's the important thing. It was like we were attacked, blah, blah, blah. We're trying to subjugate this this whole revolt. Okay. Well, what it sent was a message because it does get subjugated. They do cool it out. They end it. Right. But you just showed the world that it could be done. And that's where the problems start because now it's Ancilla demanding their share of the pie, you know, is right. what it ends up occurring. But elders get crueler as, as a result. Then you have uh, all sorts of situations, uh, the most famous being uh, Patricia of Bolingbrook. Right, right. Tyler, who we've spoken about on a number of At occasions. Length. Right. At length. This book highlights it again, again with a little more detail. But you also learned that um, a member of uh, Jeremy McNeil, um, a memory of uh, uh, his sire, if I'm correct, deciding this book as being one of the people that were with uh, uh, Tyler uh, when this all went down, when they led the revolt against Hardestat. And that's that's cool because I myself, I never recalled that when I read that. I was like, oh, wow. OK, mm-hmm. you know, they just had a footnote. It was a good thing to read. Uh, but what's the point? So what I'm getting at is, is that you're led to believe at all times, especially from the Sabbat perspective, this shit never went down. The Sabbat claimed that they discovered, you know, first it was it was the Zemis who discovered how to break the blood bond. They did that. And then the Lasambra, they took out their antediluvian. And that's when the revolt started. Right. Right. And no. it's like. It's obviously, obviously not the case. Right. And, and, you know, it it goes back to what I was saying that, um, this history of the history of the Anarch revolt, like that Anarch revolt is, it's a pinnacle to what this game is, right? It's essentially to me, this game, everything about it derives from that Anarch revolt. And to me, this is like the most accurate to the history. The, it, to me, it's the least biased of the of the uh, the, his, the the retelling of the history, and I, I liked it. I liked their 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 little nod, the hardest at you know. Tyler went, you know, and, and it's matter of factly, like Tyler Patricia Bolingbroke went and diabolized hardest at. We all know that that's true. And then they talk about Hardestat being at the the convention, and they're like, "That's weird that he would be there, considering Tyler diabolized him." And it's the same thing we all we've all said. We're like, you know, how is that? Per- because they're full of shit, right? And it's just right. interesting to me to see this sect, and and we have to be honest here. We have to do this before we move forward. The Anarchs are not a sect; they're a subsect. They're a subsect right. of the Camarilla. And that's uh, that's something that's very important to note. And um, if if you understand that, you will kind of begin to understand the relationship that the Anarchs and the Camarilla have. That And it's... Sorry. No, sorry it's it's just... It's, it's an interesting dichotomy because it is this group of individuals who are not, by and large, a part of what the Camarilla are. You know, they're kind of like... Um, um, it's, it's, it's hard to really put it into perspective. It's just, let me, they, let me take a step. Yeah, go ahead. Take a step. So there's a term you got to understand in the Camarilla that just because you, you belong, uh, to, to that government of the Camarilla does not mean that you are happy with the government in and of itself, right. but it doesn't mean you're against it. For instance, they have a title for one who would feel that way. And that's called an autarch. That is somebody it's, it's old argot, but that is somebody who would step back and not participate in the current political regime because they just don't believe in it. 
Right. They don't like the people and they don't, they don't agree with some of what's going on. So they step out of it because they don't want to be a problem or they don't want to draw problems to them. And they're just there. They're, dis, they're malcontents in a way. Actually, I'll say they're discontent. The malcontents would be the Anarchs themselves. Right. The Anarchs, instead of taking a step back and being an autark, decide to actively try to change what is going on with right. that. Because the Anarchs, they don't mind a prince. They mind the current mentality of princes. Right. They don't mind a primogen council because that should work really nice. But they they have an issue with elders standing up there and dictating by their own emotional feelings what is going on instead of worrying about how the community as a whole is going to thrive based on decisions. You know, instead of right. it being personal needs, which is what they're against, they want it to be as everybody. And, and that's the distinction. And in the Camarilla, you have the elder perspective. Right. Only that's what wins. Um, and it's called uh, it's called the laws of the night. Um, it's a nos prima. That's not prima noctis. It's a. <laughs> it's it's. A, I forget the term. It's in the. I think it's like los noctis, something yeah, like that. It's it's the the laws of the night, essentially. Right is what it means, and I like it because some of you would think that's familiar. And that's that's because that's what the LARP book is uh is titled, right? right? Laws of the night. And that's that's what it's about, and that's where the term comes from, right? That's that's the useful piece of it. But it's to let you know, laws of the night means these are what the elders used to rule. It means the elders have the power and that's how it works. And that's the Camarilla. It's a top down system and the Anarchs are working to change that. So it is old and young married in one unhappy marriage is how it goes down, but it's not all violent, right? Most of the time it's not. Right. And uh, the fact is, is that, well, okay, cool. If we understand that, then for all the people who are thinking right now, well, then why is it that I played an Anarch raised hell in the city and a prince killed me? And my answer is that's because you're just one more person who are making the Anarch's point. Right. See what I'm saying? And that, that's a prince not liked, right? That's somebody who needs to be taken care of in the Anarch's eyes. But how do you do that? Many, many ways. So um, that's the cool thing about being an Anarch. That's the, that's the opinion at least I stand with when I get the material um, and, and have gone through it. Um, but again, I got to stress, it's not wrong the way a lot of people play it, you know? If you're just playing an angry vampire who gets part of the message, but not the whole, that's because you're a young anarch. You know, eventually you get it, but right now you're not there. And that's, those are different ways to play the same, the same thing. But as Nate said, a subsect. Right. Absolutely. And so anyways, they go on and they tell a pretty straightforward rendition of the history of the anarch movement. Right. And then uh, they move on into the the occurrences in the 1900s and, you know, the 20th century. And of course the big one is the Anarch free states and how, uh, that comes about. And then it also tells the tale of, and it, it kind of, I don't know, to me, it, it tells the tale of the downfall of the Anarch free states, yep. but it does so in a way that I kind of wish that they had gotten a little bit more detailed in this book. I feel like it was kind of, I feel like it was kind of brushed over and when it's, it's, you know, we, we know that the reason why it's brushed over is because they're telling that tale in some other book. Right. Right. It, and we've, uh, you gotta understand they're talking about the kindred of the East, right? And that's, that's another product line to have. And right. there wasn't really a launch point for people to care about it. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, to you and me, we were diehard collecting vampire books for the kindred of the East was like garlic to a vampire, you know, that was allergic to it. Right. It like was, I, don't, I remember, like, what is this about? 
Are you a vampire? Are you a werewolf? We don't know. We'll get into that later. Guaranteed we'll review them at a later time. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, I mean, we'll review them from the perspective of someone who knows very little and has had very little interest. I mean, there's a couple of crossover titles. Um, there's a San Francisco book and then, of course, that Hong Kong book. And we've talked a little bit about the the fall of the Anarch Free States, but I, I honestly feel like they should have told a better tale here because it's kind of like the most important thing about the Anarch movement in the United States. And so now we kind of have this situation where, you know, up to the 2002 revised scenario where you kind of have, there's a subsect of the Camarilla that really doesn't have much in the form of direction or leadership or a place to go. And it's kind of just like, Hey, be prepared to exist on the outskirts. Yeah. It's, it had to do it because what are the Cathayans if they're organized? They definitely right. are organized. They have hierarchies. They have a, they have a purpose. Right. And they are another sect. If you want to look at it that way, I actually can't even call it a sect. Right. They're, they're, almost, they're, they're something totally a, different. Right. They're like a different race, damn near. Right. And uh, they have vague similarities to what, what kindred are. Yeah. And uh, they, when they show up and come on the scene in LA, what do they see? They see the camera is organized and we can negotiate with them right. because we have a similar outset. If nothing, we understand a hierarchy. Right. But the Sabbat, it's got to fucking go. Well, and, and also that, let's let's talk about this, too, because this is part of the free state. I don't want to move over the, over this, but the, this there's this thing. Um, there's a declaration that the Anarchs made when they created the free state. And it was supposed to be sort of a governing body or, you know, a gov- uh, a, an article to govern oneself by. And that's called the status perfectus. Right. And that's the principles of self-governance for the kindred of the free state. And so we have these like very brilliant minds who sit down and it's, uh, it's, it's McNeil, Jeremy McNeil and Crispus Attucks and, and some of these other individuals that get together. Right. And, and they, they kind of iron this out and they sort of present it and, and that's it, right? They're not. They're not there to be leaders necessarily, but that's the problem. Like when you have very strong willed or, or, um, strong principled individuals that come in and sort of shake up the establishment, you have people who are going to look to either follow them or they're going to fall in line with others. And, um, we kind of figure out like eventually the anarchs kind of just fall into the same sort of governance that the Camarilla does right but with like less centralized power because what's the what's the problem with anarchs and this is any anarchs you're rebelling you you guys are united to take down the man without any forethought without any planning as to like okay cool well now that the man's gone and you've gotten your way you've lost some people important to you but damn it it was for a good cause it has to transform doesn't it right because what? Who's going to lead it now? What's your new view? Well, how did it, you view? Yeah, but it's a, it's a unique form of governance too, because it's not like you you're not you're not using the proletariat to like you know to gain resources. Like, what are your resources? Your resources are food, blood, where you can hunt, right? And that's basically it. So and but yeah, but they're also like like once they get there, that ideologies, right? Everybody got in there with their own secret agenda. Right. And agreed with it for the takeover. But once it was taken over, now they're trying to push their agenda, which starts another war. Right. Exactly. And instead of warring, they form gangs. 
yep. and they take over certain sections of the city, right. which is exactly what happened in LA. And they found that's everywhere. Right. That's a phenomenon everywhere. Anywhere right. where anarchs want to take over, no one could decide on how the leadership should go. You know, it's the classic historical Greek polis, which I won't get into it, but it's if everybody has a say, then who's the tipping vote? Right. Right. No, no. And that's that's absolutely what we're presented with here in the uh, in in this chapter when we talk about uh, the first chapter. And then uh, chapter two, we talk about how the anarchs like th- this is where it gets into the very traditional guidebook mentality. Right. This is like stuff like we're not going to be able to talk about all the different things, but it goes over all the different clans um, and how they fit into the anarch movement. You know, how are they different than their parent clans? And, you know, that that's one thing. It, these aren't these aren't the antitribute of their clans, right? They're not the reverse. A lot of them are just kind of like cast offs or or for lack of a better term, fuck ups. Right. These or, are or as I as I call it. It's how White Wolf allows you to tell your story till I can play whatever clan I want as long as I put Anarch at the end of it. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I look, I, I won't disagree with you on that. I, I think that um, in a lot of ways, like, you know, the Anarchs are, are great for people who want to play something a little bit different, who don't want to necessarily, um, maybe they don't know all the rules. Maybe, you know, maybe this is a good way for them to learn. But anyways, it goes through, <laughs> it, it goes through all these clans. Um, the interesting inclusion is the Lasombra. Um, I, I found that interesting that there would be, and essentially like why they're interesting is because as much as the Lasombra and the Camarilla get absolute shit on by the, uh, the parent clan, the Anarchs get it 10 times worse. Like don't be an Anarch and be a Lasombra. Just don't. And real quick, just answer questions. I can hear people. Why is that? Um, the Lasombra anti-tribute or Lasombra anti-tribute. Right. They don't give it, and you're still in the Camarilla. Right. There's no way around it. The difference is, when we went to that treaty, and all the Lasombra were there and united, you were the ones who decided, hey, it's time to lay down the arms, and like, let's not war anymore. And to quote that Lasombra who went there, or at least paraphrase, uh, he said, I came here to negotiate. I didn't come here to surrender. Right. We're officially at war. Right. And, and walked away. And when you stayed, you picked your side. That's forever. Right. You're immortals. This is not a sunrise sunset situation. So yeah, you can play a Lasombra Anarch, but you're still the betrayer. Right. At that point. Whereas Lasombra anti tribute and the Camarilla, we can look at them as people who are weak. Right. They're weak. We can get to them later, but you're the threat as the Anarch. Right. And also you're you don't have the protection of uh of the of a vast sect behind like you you're like, I'm in it, but I'm not. You know, it's like so here here's a here's a thing that they they start talking about the different positions of the anarchs like the the baron and you know things of that nature but there's this little blurb here this little box and i wanted to mention it it says on a functional level the anarch movement has kindred fulfilling most official functions recognized by the camarilla proper that is barons have their advisors and enforcers they're often guided by a council of their peers some of them even have a standing coterie of bruisers and investigators for police and military duty None of these offices and positions appear in the list of titles below, however. The Anarch leaders may have such offices, and a large portion of the subsect may recognize the need for them, but that doesn't mean they're going to admit to the rest of the kindred world, or even to their own population that they exist. It's all about perception. So basically what we're saying here 
what the what the creators of this book are saying is it's basically the Camarilla, but uh, yep. but we just you know we don't call them that, right? I don't want to belong to your club. I have my super cool club, right? And we get our own names. Um, isn't they're right. just like watered down? No, they're different. They're different because they're ours. Uh, okay, right. And so continue here. Here's uh here's the other thing. It's on page fifty four of this book. For those of you who are Dottie Mustafa's, you're like, no, this is the Anarchs are so much more than that. Here's the line I'll read to you: The Anarchs are, for all their raised fists and shouted slogans still part of the Camarilla, right? Let me read that again. The Anarchs are, for all their raised fists and shouted slogans, still part of the Camarilla. And Savvy Sabat are well aware of that fact. Occasionally, an Anarch community may have something to offer the Sword of Cain, or a roving coterie may provide a service more valuable to their Sabat hosts in their blood. And in these instances, a skilled and steel nerve negotiator is a must, right? So we're talking about the difference between the Anarchs and the Sabat and how the Anarchs and the Sabbat are treated, and how the Anarchs are treated by the, or how the Anarchs treat the Camarilla. And it's essentially saying here, and we need to reiterate this, this is the revised edition version of the Anarchs, right? This is what they were in 2002. What they are tonight, and how our world has changed, and what they have become, we don't know. And we're not going to know that until that information has sort of led to us. But at the time, the Anarch movement was basically all but done. And I have a prediction. I think you're going to find in V5, the Anarchs are just on the four and not even more organized. They're just angry. They seem that they're agitated and they're responding because they're responding with modern technology. That's going to be their advantage, right? Right. Because the mortals come to the forefront because the masquerade is apparently a changed animal. And now it's mortals versus vampires and the Anarchs are the ones who are going to be hit the hardest. Right. Because they're the ones the most visible. Right. So it makes sense that they have those. And we'll see that. But I don't want to get too much into it because we're all going to find out at Gen Con. So right. uh, some of us should have found out earlier, but that's all right. We will we'll find out when that happens. Um, <laughs> you know, but it's, hey, they'll, but they'll tell the, us, right? <laughs> <laughs> but to the Anarchs, uh, when we're getting into um, Anarch positions, right? Baron is basically a prince. They can make any titles they want to. Uh, but that's what a Baron is. Uh, what's the difference? I just want to highlight it because what a Baron does is they govern an area it's not as much as title and want and power it's who can listen to everybody and keep it happy keep it copacetic is the goal because if we don't like you we'll just kill you that's that's simply how that works the and that's over an area that only the baron can claim influence to so sometimes you have the baron of like the suburb right right and and that's absolutely and uh so but what they got other positions too that are acknowledged they're not official but they're acknowledged one's called a sweeper right right sweepers sweepers are interesting these are almost census takers these are these are people come along and let people know uh let the baron know who's around because the anarchs don't have to listen to hospitality right they just don't but it it behooves you to know if you're the baron have to clean up messes that a messy anarch is <laughs> it's in your domain wrecking shop it's good to look down and go okay well then i know where to expend resources then we need to keep an eye out right and exactly kind of kind of their uh their uh excuse me their job here is just to note who's there right um and, and to get into some others but you you're starting to piece together an idea right um we don't want to call the sweeper a sheriff because he's just there to see that you're there right to let the baron know it's not there to do right. anything so so to me like here's here's why i like the anarchs right here's why i can get enjoyment out of this um the reason why i like the anarchs and why i can get enjoyment out of this is because it is um it's, I mean, it's the same structure as the Camarilla, but it's like, it's less, 
it's less bullshit for the people who don't want to be social, right? Who don't want to play that game of like social one-upsmanship. They don't necessarily want to go to Elysium. Like they know, all right, to me, this is the Camarilla kind of, and I apologize for anybody that I may insult in this statement, but it's the Camarilla dumbed down to its basic foundations. And it has all of the, the, the political maneuvering just sucked out of it. Right. It's like, it's like all the grapes have been squeezed of their wine and here's the raisins that you get to eat. Right. And it's, and it's a yes and no, because now it's more in your face right. because now you're responsible direct. Basically in the Camarilla, nobody puts you under a microscope. Right. Here are the laws and here are the titles and here's what they do, but you can navigate once you learn where those lines are and handle your own business in, in, in secret, as long as you can pony up and keep face. I, I with find, the Anarchs, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. But with the Anarchs, um, yeah, we don't have those to hide behind. So when you're in an area, it's a gang that's in that area. And it's a baron that is at the top of that gang. And when you're there with your crew, they watch you. Like, what are you doing? And we'll just stare at you as you're in the club. And you don't have to socialize. That's fine. And you can come in and feed careful and leave and do your thing. And they're okay with that to a fault or or not. And they'll come and beat your ass. And I mean, that's, that's the reality. It becomes very real. And for me, here's the only way I'll lean, because if you can't tell, I'm not a fan of Anarchs. I'm just not. I think there's been a lot of energy poured into the camera and Sabat to make that enough interesting. But Nate's true that if you're looking for a different way of looking at those perspectives, uh, it's very personal being an Anarch because you feel, even though it's not true, you can at least feel that you own the night in your own way. And But when you do that, where it's cool is that you own that message that you act accordingly. And what I mean is, is like, if you look at TV shows, right? Like, um, I, I bring this up, but uh, like forever night is a show where basically it's a guy who's an anarch who decides to be with the mortals as a, as a, as a cop. Right. Right. But even in that show, there's a dark society that he doesn't belong to that sends his sire out to bring him back into the fucking fold. And he's not about that life. And that's, that's cool. He has no one to help him in the show, but like, what if he did? What if there are other Anarchs? So my mind, I can get behind wanting to do that and fitting in. And I've played Anarchs and I've had fun playing Anarchs. It's just in the long game picture. I'm always like, well, I wanted them to be more than just what they are. The most fun I've ever had playing an Anarch was playing an Anarch in a Camarilla LARP game, right? Because you immediately, you're like, you're like the bad guy that everyone can hate, right? You're the villain because you're not in the cool club, but you're not the Sabat. Like the Sabat, like, oh my God, you know, don't play a Sabat character in a Camarilla game because that's just going to turn out bad. But you can play an Anarch, right? You can play that asshole who has a completely different opinion from everybody else and you just hang out in the back and shout it down, right? And and like that to me creates fun. But I've never, I've never played an Anarch in an Anarch game and went, well, why don't I just play the Camarilla, you know, like that's, that's, and, and I, I enjoy, I like, as I said, emotionally, I enjoy the Anarchs. I just don't, I don't know. I I guess I'd have to go to the drawing board and really work out like why this would be a thing to play as opposed to the nuances of, of, of the Camarilla. And, and And, I'm, I'm the positive one. And maybe, and maybe I could pitch some seeds here to say that maybe this works, right? Because I'm speaking from, I'm not, not ignorance, obviously, but I'm, I'm informed to it. But I'm trying to imagine with everybody that has enjoyed playing Anarchs as players and to see what the draw is. 
there's a perception that potentiality is all you have that you can build whatever you want and it's all yours no one can take it from you and and you've earned it and you'll kill to keep it that's cool but often and i mean often i mean i'm at 100 percent of what i've experienced out of a ton of people in 20 years Whenever Anarch's the title, it is leather jackets. It is, uh, it is, it is, it is subculture right. attitude to the max. Crank it to a ten, and, and and what's even worse, I like those Anarchs, right? We're iconoclastic. We're young. We're the youth, and we don't get it yet. But we don't give a shit. Okay, if I'm an elder, they're okay. We were all once this way in the dark ages. I myself raised hell and sacked a village or two. Right. I understand. And, and I literally can get that. But when, I, when it gets to that older Anarch player I've experienced, I've seen, this is what I don't get. When you get the picture and you realize you're just the Camarilla and you're sitting down in a meeting with the sheriff and he's looking at you and he's got nine deputies around him, not because you're a threat, because they all want your ass, because you chose to violate the traditions and embrace who you wanted to. And it happened to be one of the prince's goals. Right. Because you weren't informed. You throw up status perfectus. Anarch Manifesto, <laughs> <Right. laughs> you can't kill me. And they just do that. And, and at that point, right. I, as a storyteller, I, as a player, have always been like, just kill this guy. Because <laughs> how did you read the material and miss the most defining point that you have to obey the traditions right. like you do? Like, you know, there are some that are like laissez-faire in Anarch territory, meaning where the Camarilla doesn't have as strong of a hold. But you are a member of the Camarilla. You are beholden to these. But the princes understand there needs to be a peace. Right. You are forcing his hand by behaving that way. And that's the example that's been set. But how could I, how could you emotionally and, and get into that? Honestly, we just walked you through it. If you're looking for the wild energy ride experience of being a vampire, that's anarchs. Right. That's enjoying a night in the life of being a vampire is definitely that anarch experience. So I can get that. Um, however, um, maybe I'm too long in the tooth. When it comes to it, and when it comes to politics, don't insult me with having to go sit. I'm a baron. Come see me at the back of Club Sinister. Right. What? Club Sinister? I mean, this place is only hot on Fridays and Saturdays. Right. You know what I mean? You start gauging. Gauge the place your majesty has you come meet. Well, you know, now you can just go when they go, hey, you know, Treaty of Tear, Convention of Thorns, you just go, the return. You, (laughs) You promised to return to the fold. You came and apologized and promised to return to the fold. Now support your elders kindly as you agreed to, or get staked and watch the prince fucking use you as a punching bag. So shut up. You know, it's one of those things, right? (laughs) But, but like, these are all things like, and and again, I want to emphasize, I enjoy Anarchs. I like it. I love it. It's, it's a great part of this game, but we're talking about the book, right? Let's right. let's Get, focus a little bit on the book. The last thing that I, I, I want to talk about before we move on is the games that Anarchs play, right? And um, one of them is borderline offensive to the point to make me chuckle, right? I'm not I'm not a guy who's easily offended. I find humor in most offensive things, but there's one uh, that's uh, was it called uh, Los Angeles Roulette, and it's essentially where two characters um, stand next to each other stand face to face and they hit each other with a bat repeatedly <laughs> until the bat breaks or someone's um unable to stand up on uh, or unconscious i guess um right. and i just so the, 
the anarchs play games too, right? It's not just specific to the Sabbat because we are we are a a subsect of the youth. So, anyways, we move on to chapter three. Chapter three talks about um, what it is to run uh, a, an anarch game. What's the story? These are great. This is a great chapter for storytellers, right? And it's also great because uh, here's something I didn't know um, that I'm willing to admit now for all of you listening for posterity's sake, um, to admit my own ignorance and uh, state for the record that I didn't know in Revised, the Anarchs had a different uh, character creation process. I didn't know that. I knew the Sabat did. I knew the Camarilla. Uh, I knew just the standards, but I have read through this book so little beforehand that it had not occurred to me that there was a different character creation for Anarchs. And I've and I've read it and I saw it and I and I have to bring because I remember it now, Nate. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember the bitch fest that erupted when you ran an Anarch game and everybody saw how little the difference was than base character creation yeah, for a yeah. Camarilla character. I mean, it's, you know, it's not instead that of, different. Instead of seven five three, it's six five three. Right. Instead of thirteen nine five, it's twelve eight five. But you right. get four disciplines, and the Sabbat are like, really? Mm-hmm. That's what we had. And they get six backgrounds, and Sabbat are like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> and then they get Virtue 7 full. Oh, come right. on. Plus, you, you get know? 18 freebie points. <laughs> right. And, and, that's, and that's just how it goes. And they just figure, you know, they're just, they're just a little weaker right. than what a Camarilla starting out character would be. But in a way, they're more tied to their instinct. Right. Because they get that extra discipline that. I mean, I like that idea. I really think that it, it shouldn't be um, all cookie cutter the same. I think that at, at, at the heart of, of what a character is, we are all in some form or fashion very similar. But depending on your experiences or even like from your, your point of existence, your life, that that can vary, you know, like you and I, Bob, we may not have anything for backgrounds like, you know, but, you know, you you may have played a lot of football. So you have a greater knowledge in, in uh, physicality, you know, whatever. I like the idea of slight alterations in character creation, even if they don't the really thing. amount to much difference. And I leave it to the storyteller. Right. I personally am a person who will tell everybody at 753, see your concept. If I like your concept, I'll give you extra points. Don't tell anybody. Right, absolutely. I, and I, why, do I do, why do I do that? Because it is on you right. to make the differences. If you come across as normal and, and safe and I don't really know what to expect from you, even though it seems good, you get 753. It's a right. safeguard. It's like you can play, but we need to see what you can do. Oh, and we kind of all, we all understand really that the way that this game was made, it was made f- to include the prelude right to include your character getting embraced however i haven't played a prelude game in 20 years right because that's not really how this game is played this game really most people do not play from the perspective of prelude they're like they're like yeah i've i've got all that i want to get into the vampire playing and so most of us play like here's the city here's the here's what's going on here's the story boom let's play and so when you're doing that, as most people are, it's good to, as a storyteller, I think, and this is just a freebie, it's good to make some small variants changes to the way the characters are built. And I'm going to give a few extra points. For, right. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm going to give you a warning flag to everybody. If you're doing a prelude, and it's, it's ideally for an Anar game, do not let your all of them be, don't play yourselves. Don't do it. Right. Why I'm saying it is because here's what I ran into. When, when you play yourself, you play yourself. So you, I had not like I had me there, knowledgeable of horror, whatever. 
Uh, my physicality at the time is a lot, a uh, lot more focused. Let's put it that way. And uh, cocksure myself in my twenties, <clears throat> but everybody else is kind of in the same bracket, and they know a bunch of weird info. So we built the characters. You know, strangely, no argument in the how they were made. But the first time one of us, because we are loyal, right? Of of our friends, loyalty is absolute. One of us got uh, beat up uh, in some altercation. It was it was supposed to be the sire who did it because one of us was ghoul that didn't say anything and it turned into a hunter game <laughs> i remember that we, we jumped the dude and i don't care who you are i had this i had this eighth gen uh torador sire and he got his ass beat like show because you don't expect it you know it's like people show up over oh, here to get our friend it was like you're the one who did this like yeah I, I came unglued they came unglued we jumped it and like i'm npcing me but i have to play me and when i got there i expected to get killed and I'm rolling dice for this guy. And I'm like, man, we're outnumbered. My dips are 10. I'm getting this shit kicked out of me. <laughs> Normal right, people. Right. And they were like, vampires are real. Fuck that. You know, and it's like, wow. Okay. Right. And that's, that's a pitfall. It was still a very cool game. And everyone did get embraced. Because that's just what the Anarchs did there. But that took like, what, like three months? Yeah. In yeah. the mix. And then it, it just got crazy. But what's the point that I'm getting at? I feel that's very much like the prelude for a lot of Anarch games is going to be right because that's a, that's an Anarch. It's a mentality that just, you know, isn't normal. You know, most people let the police get involved or handle their stuff or whatever. And there are a lot of ideas and tips and tricks in this book that help you navigate those waters. Right. This book wasn't out right. when I tried the head. This, so this book, the one thing that it really has going for it, it has going for it all there's a lot of stuff in this book that Bob and I, especially like on Nerd Words or our Patreon podcasts, stuff that we talk about when we talk about character creation and plot and motivation like this. So, all right, I'm going to stop right here. I want to I want to yeah. state my opinion about this book plainly and and wrap up this podcast, right? So, what I want to say is, A, this book should be two books. One should be a small, um, you know, like 95 to 100 page uh, source book for Anarchs, much in the way that the uh, uh, Anarch cookbook was 10 years before it. And then the other one should have been a character creation and storytelling guide, right? Because there's not really any additional, like, there's some additional disciplines in here that could have been in that other book. White Wolf should have made a book that was like, play our game better, storytell our game better. And I guess they could have called it like the storyteller player's guide, right? And that's what they should include. Because all of the stuff that's in this book that tells you all the little particulars and like how to create a nuanced character concept and how to storytell these different different disciplines, right? That's all in this book. And this book is now a 200 page book, but to me, because it's that big and it has all that stuff, it loses focus. Well, because what's your typical NR player going to say? I don't need that. Right. I don't, I don't need, need to read all, all that. Shit. I know what I'm doing. Right. Right. Just Go give, me, give me the character concept. Give me the build. Where's the build stuff? Where's the abilities? But to defend, how could the writers have anticipated that? Right. They felt that the Anarchs was a strong, strong pull, so we'll give you a book to help you play better Anarchs sure. to be more informed. Sure. And the Anarchs were like, we don't need your book, man. Right. Just give me We're the too cool for that. Just give me like the stats. <laughs> I just want to know the stats. And this book and, has it. Yep. Absolutely has it. And you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna back it up since we're we're wrapping up. Um I think this book is a must too, a must for anybody who wants to play a well, if you want to play an anarch period and right. be a straight anarch. Right. Have a purpose, have a reason, a cause, a history, know what you're playing. 
this is it. Right. If you want to be a better Camarilla member who's informed and understands the working of politics because they seem so draconian and seem so set and I, I just don't know enough. I'm lost at sea. It's because you don't know your history. Right. So at least read the first 15 pages of this Anarch book uh, to get that to the Sabbat. Know where you came from. Right. Know what the Sabbat used to be. If you want to know why Cardinal, Mon- uh, excuse me, uh, Kyle Strathcona, Cardinal of Canada, why he's now disillusioned is because he came out of this book in right. the beginning. He was that original where there was a sense of honor. We were opposing tyranny for tyranny's sake. Right. And then we were looking for a utopia. You, I wasn't looking for the Sabbat. Right. You joined the Sabbat because the Sabbat has the backing of a sect. You don't join the Anarchs because the Anarchs ain't got shit. Right. And so, and that's, and that's what's here. Now I'm going to add that I actually appreciate your insight into two books because I really feel that at least in the uh, revised back, they should have split and had a book where they discussed what an elder Ancilla and neonate is and what the relationships are and ignored what clan it came from. Right. And just talk in depth about the mentalities of it. And the reason being is because um, you can then split off and put, you know, what happens when a neonate doesn't go along with the status quo. Right. They're an anarch. They don't agree with what's going on and, and the relationship the sire would like a sire wouldn't just kill his chill because there's supposed to be a reason there. That has to be said, though. Right. Most people don't think that when a sire you know? turns his back on his chilled and he's no longer, you know, sort of holding him close to the yoke and giving him protection and just is like, I want nothing to do with him. Where is he to go to the anarchy right. movement? It, exactly. Anarchs will scoop that guy up, no problem. There's a way to live. Mm-hmm. And that's what's cool. I, as I said, in the very, very beginning, uh, the Appendix 3 has like life on the road for an Anarch. Yeah. They have one of the cooler methods yeah. about having a body bag and stuffing yourself in a drainage ditch in the side of the road when <laughs> dawn's coming because you got no choice. And then you hope there are no holes in it. Hey, we've all been there. <laughs> Welcome to the road, right? And it's just sort of what it is. But that's cool shit, right? right. That's why That's why I would play an Anarch because that's just a different way. It's a different view. This ain't a right. posh hotel. Right. We can't afford it. No, so. Absolutely. Uh, uh, the other thing too, you know, they, they talk about in here, and this is something that I've always felt was, was uh, a really important detail. When they talk about clan and they go, your clan really isn't going to affect you as an individual. Like that's kind of an afterthought. Like that's, that's, you want to make a character first. So, so in the, in this book, it has a bunch of things going for it. Also, if you wanted to know what was going on in every freaking country, like, oh my God, there's so many, like, there's so much information in here about like what's going on and like like the West coast, the Midwest, all throughout Europe, like, you know, all these different countries where I was like, not only did I not care, but I didn't know I needed to care about what was going on in Bulgaria, like in the, in the context of this game, but okay, now I do. So, you know, if that, if that's your thing now, granted, you know, I've stated this before in this podcast, like this is an old book. So, you know, use this as a jumping off point you know, to kind of build your game. If you're going to be playing like a, a globe trotting game, or you're going to be playing outside of the United States, this has a ton of information. And then it has all of the, all of the requisite, uh, uh, anarch combination discipline. So if you're super into like the power aspects of this game, there's a bunch of them in here. And then it just, do you want to build your anarch society? Use one of the three appendices that has a ton of additional information. So my final judgment on this book is much like what Bob said, it is a great and important book to have totally 100% worthwhile, but 
in hindsight, in retrospect, it probably should have been two books. And um, you'll need it for different things. You'll need it to present to your players to go, hey, look through this information in helping you build your character. But also, I'm going to build an Anarch city. So, you know, give me a few weeks to go through this book. I couldn't agree more. I guess that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I, so, yeah, um, I actually just bought like a, uh, a an actual physical copy of this book because I wanted to have it for my library, right? Because it's kind of like an underrated book, but it also has a lot of important stuff. I wanted to have every book that I felt I would need to sit down with new players and run a game and also so that they could play a game. And those books are the base book, the Cam and Sabat guides, the the Lore of the Clans and, and the Lore of the Bloodlines, and then uh, a city book, you know? Just, just one city book. And you don't even need that. Like, that's just because I, I don't want to build my own city. But that's all you need, right? Everything else is just additional. So, all right, cool. Well, Anarch, uh, Guide to the Anarchs, awesome. Let me see what we're going to be doing here next week. So I kind of figured it out, too. Um, and also, I wanted to mention, um, for those of you who prefer to watch a video on YouTube, uh, we will be uploading videos um, not at the same time as we upload them to our website, but we'll also be uploading these in video format on YouTube starting yesterday. Um, you're not going to see our wonderful smiling faces. Just, you know, you'll hear us and there will be stills and that will be that. Um, however, some of the wonderful songs that you hear at the end of this podcast, if you watch them, uh, videos, on, watch the videos on YouTube, they will not be there. Uh, cannot include any kind of audio that is that has even the remotest uh, amount of copyright because then they flag you. So um, if you listen to us in a normal podcast, you'll hear cool songs at the end because no one can flag us. YouTube, they won't be there. So next week we do Archons and Templars. So that'll be tons of fun. Um, it will. Uh, we're about to answer. Uh, oh, don't let me leave without pointing out one factor. I, I did forget about this. I can't mm -hmm. believe I did. Um, the relationships of the of the anarchs are open minded, although opinionated, to all of them, right. save one: archons. Archons <laughs> are literally the hated title because archons use any excuse to kill anarchs. Period. Yeah, and that's that's a universal truth. It's only recently that they've, and this is like on the east coast or what have you, they've begun to realize that some because of Theo Bell, and I know that's because of him, right, are considered pretty cool or it could be reason with, or not what they once were. Right. And that's, and that's how that goes. And that's cause we're at the end. We won't get into it more than that. Just keep that in mind. Cause right. that's why they're often shit on. So, um, yeah, next week, Archons and Templars is an awesome book and, uh, followed by Havens of the Damned, which will be, uh, it will be a review. Um, anyways, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyways, until next week, I'm Nathan. And I'm Bob. And we will talk to you later.